Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Zadak, TV voice of the Cincinnati Reds, and you're up for Late Night Reds Talk. Hello, everybody. My name is Tim Daniel, and welcome to Late Night Reds Talk, the live show and podcast that loves the Cincinnati Reds, part of the Believe Network, presented as always by Bet Online. This show is live streamed on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, and the podcast version is always up the next morning. If you're watching tonight on YouTube, please take two seconds to hit and like, hit the like button, subscribe to our channel. It will really help us continue to grow our show. Before we get started, let's have Nick tell you about our partner, Bet Online, who has the Bengals as a two-point favorites on the road Sunday against the New Orleans Saints. And Andy Dalton. Football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all your sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline is where the game starts. Yeah, I think... uh... Betting on the Bengals this weekend where Zach Taylor's calling plays is probably not ideal. So we'll just go and talk about some fun baseball, right? Yeah, the Reds, the positive team in Cincinnati. Let's go. Love it. Yeah, I know, right? All right, so let's talk real quick. Uh, I really want to get into Wild Card Weekend. It was the f- Can we technically say this was the first of this since the COVID season was kind of similar? Yeah, I don't. I don't think you can put any stock whatsoever in uh uh 2020 i mean that was a totally different uh animal so yeah i would say this is this is the first real and there was i think an extra team wasn't there yeah you're right you're right you're right yeah and there was um, no there was no buys either so it's really totally totally oh different. yeah good yeah. point good point yeah um i would say this man i thought it was a win i thought friday was just awesome like all afternoon just watching games um and you literally got everything you could really want out of this weekend as far as you had all the pitching drama between the Cleveland and the Cleveland series. Um, that was awesome. I mean, I know people were like, oh, my God, a 14-inning game. That moment is just awesome. It's going to be a moment in Guardians history forever, uh, hitting the walk-off there to uh, end Tampa season. Uh, Seattle has the excellent comeback in game two. That was that was really cool. Um you know, it was a really, really, really good game by Toronto. And so that was a lot of fun. And then the other, th- you know, and then, of course, you know, S- San Diego and the Mets go three. And, of course, the Phillies beating the Cardinals with a nice Bryce Harper home run in game two. Uh, that always makes things pretty good as well. So I thought it was a great, great weekend. What do you think of it? Yeah, it it felt like normal baseball. It felt like postseason baseball. It had all of the energy uh, it's kind of fun not having travel days just because you, you know, you, you got to see, you know, two straight days of, of, of full baseball. Um, I thought the series were all pretty good. Um, I was, 
I picked the Phillies, but I was shocked how easily they just took care of business. Man. I mean, well, I mean, they had a big comeback in game one, but then in game two, I mean, they just they dominated. It was no contest. Uh, I was surprised how easily the Mariners got through. I thought that was going to be uh, a tight series out of all the series. I would have thought that was the one that was for sure going to go to three games. And mm-hmm. uh, sure enough, the Mariners were able to uh, uh, do it in two. But yeah, I mean, overall, it was a. Uh, uh, a fun weekend, and uh, uh, we get to jump right back in. It's really wild as you you look ahead. There's less off days, even in the um, uh, the league championship series. I believe in both series, there's no off days between a game five and a game six. They've removed that travel day. Uh, so, oh, okay, yeah, I guess, and I don't know if it's just because of this year, um, because of you know trying to get these extra teams in at the last minute with the lockout and pushing the season back a week. Uh, but it's going to, it's going to feel a little different. I think some of it could be a little cooler because you get to see just teams exhausted at the end. There's no off days, you know, there's not, there's not as many off days, not as many chances to reset your bullpen. So it might be more, you know, true baseball. Um, and, and that's it. But, but my last, sorry, my last, my last thing on this would be all these teams felt like they belong. You know, there yeah. was, you know, I think that was the big thing was like, oh my gosh, there's going to be a, a team with 83 wins that has all these teams belonged in the postseason. Uh, a lot of fan bases uh, like, like Philadelphia and Seattle uh, that ha- and even the Mets that haven't had a team in the postseason in a, in a long time, uh, you know, getting to taste the postseason and they were all deserving teams. So um, good for that. And uh, we'll see kind of how this plays out in the next round. That's going to be uh, uh, really interesting. Yeah. So you went to game one in Cleveland. Um, yeah. What was what was the experience like? What you know, we haven't had a bit chance to have a pre uh, postseason home game since 2012. Uh, so what what was that like to be there? Well, it was a 1207 game, so that kind of was a little bit different, just in how early it was. Uh, there was, it was kind of a late arriving crowd for for. Um, my first pitch was pretty full, but like you know, usually when you're in a playoff game, like an hour before first pitch, you know, you kind of have. Uh, the, the place a lot more packed. Um, um, so you didn't have that, but yeah, I mean, the crowd was great. Uh, it was a, a thrilling game when Jose Ramirez hit that uh, two run home run. Uh, I didn't think it had a chance of getting out and, yeah. it, and then it went out. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that just, that, that took gave the lead. Uh, that was a really fun series. And uh, yeah, I uh, got tickets for uh game three uh, uh, Saturday night uh, guardians Yankees. So yeah, looking forward to that. I know we're, you're, since you were there, it's kind of the series we're talking about the most, but that play he made Saturday and extras to get the throw at first. Oh my God. And and Josh Naylor made a great play too. Yeah, uh, he did. Yeah. He, he deserves a lot of credit. Not really known as a great defensive first baseman. Uh, but you know, how many times do you see uh, a guy make a great effort like that? And the first baseman, you know, doesn't scoop it and it, it goes in the duck and, and a, instead of a great play, it ends up being a, uh, a really costly play the other way. So yeah, that was a, it was, it was a really fun two game series, which is still kind of weird, you know, to, mm-hmm. to digest those two games and that was it. But uh, yeah, it was, it was really fun. And uh, uh, yeah. So you and I went, what well, got two of the four series, right? Uh, Carlos got three of the four because he picked his beloved Padres. Um, I just thought the mess would be too much, man, but I must have just totally ignored the last month when I made that pick when how awful they were. Um, but, you know, Carlos staying true to his team that gave him a shot, so I got to respect it. 
Um, obviously not here with us tonight, but yeah, Carlos got the edge. We should have saw the Trent Grisham resurgence. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the best thing about the playoffs is, I mean, you just have these, these dudes that uh, out of nowhere, you know, going back to Cleveland. I remember in uh, 2016, I went to a bunch of those games too up here and uh, Roberto Perez uh, who like, wasn't even, he was like the backup catcher. And I think Jan Gomes got hurt, hit like four home runs in the postseason. Like, like had like a 400 OPS or something. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the best part of baseball. You really, you really never know what's going to happen in these series. Yeah. You, know, you can pick and you can have the smartest picks and all that. Uh, sometimes you look like a rod and just uh, <laughs> whiff on all four of them. That. And like, remember when Cody Ross won the NLCS MVP and then Edgar Renteria won the world series MVP. And you're like, what is going on? Yeah. It's just, I totally agree. It makes it a lot of fun, but yeah, a rod and, uh, Ben Verlander, former guest of the pod. Um, woof guys, uh, woof. So we may not have had the best weekend going ever going 500, but, uh, we did better than these two. Yeah. Uh, poor Ben, uh, uh rumor is he, uh, went over in the first round last year of the postseason also. <laughs> so, so Ben Verlander is baseball's Joe Lenardi is what you're saying. I believe so. That's, that's a right. good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. Does anyone even understand that joke besides you and me? I don't know. But uh, we got some, co- I'm sure we got some college uh, basketball faithfuls out there. Yeah. So let's kind of look real quick to the division series. Uh, we got the first uh, Cleveland and the Yankees. Uh, obviously the end of your oldest Chapman era in New York as it looks. So I won't see him in this series. Oh my God. We'll talk. That's a story for another time. We'll get to that later. Like you said, you'll be there Saturday for game three. Um, our good friend of the get of the show, RM Layton went as far to say he's taken the guardians in seven. And I might be leaning that way just because I think what we're seeing in this postseason, besides the Seattle game is like how much pitching matters so much in the playoffs and what you saw from Tristan McKenzie and Shane Bieber in those two games and then what their bullpens were able to do uh you know Emmanuel Classe guys like that um pretty impressive so that's you know I honestly don't think they can match bats with them but I do think they're capable of keeping them off the scoreboard and to clarify this is a five game series uh so, yeah uh, <laughs> I think are meant to say in in five um uh, but uh yeah, I mean, this is a true series of pitching versus hitting. Uh, could not be two different teams. I honestly, I have no idea how this series is going to play out. I could see Cleveland just uh, come out and just dominate with their pitching and uh, it really be uh, a lot of close games. I, I think the Yankees, they don't have the pitching depth, but this is a five-game series. You don't need as much depth unless you... Unless they get into like a 15 in a game like uh, Cleveland just got into. Uh, so I, I think that that's going to benefit the Yankees. Um, but I mean, Cleveland's got a good team and uh, I, I think it's going to I would be shocked if the Yankees, you know, put this away in, in three games. Me too. Um, I think I'd be pretty surprised if they put it away in four games. I think this is good. I think they, I think this will be a five game series and I think it's going to be a game five and it's going to be uh you know, whoever's just on it, on it that night. So, yeah, I mean, I think I would stick with my, my, my pick of the Yankees as much as it, it pains me, uh, especially, you know, I'm obviously rooting for the guardians living here and I, I definitely want the guardians to advance because I love to keep going to playoff games because that's pretty fun. 
but I, I think I, uh, I think I probably stick with the Yankees, but in five, but I think it's going to be a good series. I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I just can't wait till game five when it's like Shane Bieber versus Garrett Cole. So it'll be like 10 to nine because it's always how the playoff works in the, like the last game. So that'll be fun. Um, let's look at Seattle and Houston. Uh, I don't really, exp- I mean, I shouldn't say this because I didn't know how well Seattle will play against Toronto. Um, and, you know, they beat them in two. But, you know, this is a whole different animal, as we know, with the Astros. They're just so good, and they're deep, and they're good at every position. And, you know, bringing in Trey Mancini to the trade deadline was huge for them, especially in that ballpark. I suspect this is going to be a series that probably goes, you know, Luis Castillo is obviously going to get a start in this. He was incredible game one. And so, you know, I could see the Seattle getting a game. I don't know if this is going to go five. Uh, so I think I might say Houston in four on this one. And it pains me to say that because I, I really love the Seattle team. Yeah, I mean, my gut definitely says Houston in three or four. I mean, they dominated them all season, but it's the postseason. Anything can happen. And uh, Seattle, who looked like they were kind of coming to the postseason with a lineup that was really struggling, <laughs> just put up 10 runs against the Blue Jays in a winner-take-all game when the Blue Jays were throwing all of their best arms out there. So, um, And had yeah. to come back and win. Yeah, so, you know, anything can happen, but, man, you got Tucker and Alvarez and uh, Bregman and Altuve and Mancini. Like, that lineup is just ridiculous, you know, and you see the graphic. MLB did a really good job, uh, if you're watching, you know, putting this up. They only had three spots that they they say Seattle's better um, in in the field and, uh, uh, yeah, this will be tough. But, hey, it'll be – it's gonna be fun. I could see this being one of those series that's like a really fun four game series, or maybe even a really fun sweep. You know, like like where it's fun, but it doesn't last very long. Yeah, you're right. It could be. It's like a. Do you remember that year the Pelicans played the Warriors in the first round? Anthony Davis was like lights out and incredible, but they still got swept. Yeah, this is that kind of is what this feels like. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times, uh, LeBron. Uh, uh, play a first round series. The team will play four competitive games and it really good, but it's still be a sweep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see that. A lot of Raptor series like that for sure. Yeah. Um, Phillies and Atlanta, another division rivalry series. I think this might be the series. Honestly, I'm least excited about. Um, it's not that I dislike either of these teams by any means. Um, I did pick Atlanta. So I have to, I'm thinking I'm going to stick with that. This locked up another young guy. I think that's a really, really, really good idea. Uh, for what they do. Um, but, you know, would it shock me if Philly just out hit them and won the series in like four or five because of their bats? Even though, like you said last week, they're terribly, terribly put together, but still somehow to manage to be successful. No, but, uh, you know, I feel like the Braves are the, the gut pick for me. Just to feel like it makes most sense. I feel like they are the better team. But like you said, this is the playoffs and the Phillies and the way that they sometimes those bats turn on. Uh, but if you're the Braves, I'm not even focusing on putting the ball over the fence at this point. I'm just hitting balls in the gaps because you know defensively they can't field them. Yeah, this is uh I'm kind of surprised that that MLB put the Braves as the the better rotation. I don't I don't know about that, especially with the way that, that Wheeler and Nola just pitched. Yeah, they were awesome. Uh, and I know I know they're not gonna pitch in game one, but you're gonna have them in two and three and probably one in game five if it goes that far. I don't know. This is a series. I picked the Phillies is kind of my surprise. You know, you have to pick something a little different. Um, curious to see if maybe the Braves having to sit for a week and, and the Phillies just coming off a really 
impressive, you know, uh, two game series win in St. Louis and they're, you know, hot and, and, and uh, Atlanta's got to come in and face really good starting pitching. If, uh, um, if that could be an issue for them. So I'll stick with my Phillies. I, I think this is way more evenly matched than a lot of people probably think. Uh, I, I think this series will go five though. I definitely, I, I, I see that for sure. Yeah, I do too. And then we have another, yet another division matchup. Uh, we got the Padres at the Dodgers and uh, man, I, Maybe picking against the Padres. Uh, I don't want Carlos to not be my friend anymore. Uh, I would really bum me out. Uh, but I just have a hard time picking against the Dodgers here. Uh, you know, we can kind of go away from the it's the playoffs. Anything can happen, obviously. But I just don't know how they can pull this one off. You know, it's going to take your best game and your, your one through nine every night to be given competitive at bats and. I just don't know how many games they can necessarily do that. I hope they win. I, you know, I'm tired of the Dodgers like most people are who aren't LA Dodger fans, but I just don't know if they have the bats that can just give the great at bats as much as possible to win these win this series. Yeah, just that Dodgers lineup is just is so deep. You look at like Gavin Lux is batting like seventh or eighth in their lineup. Like he would be like batting at the top of the Padres lineup. So I, Padres have been a pitching pitch really, really well in that series, uh, but it's just it's hard to see how they how they match up with the Dodgers. But hey, I didn't think they matched up well with the Mets at all, and they 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 showed us with that. So right, hey, as always, you'll see. But yeah, it's hard. I, I would say the Dodgers in three or four. Yeah, I I definitely agree. Um, yeah, so I think it's gonna be fun, a really fun couple, uh, fun week here uh, before we get to the LCS. Uh, it's it's moved really well, and like I said, I thought the wild card weekend was a blast, and I'm excited. This is going to be the dynamic for the for the for future. Uh, let's kind of talk some red stuff now, though. Uh, obviously, when you know you lose 100 games, a lot of things have to change, and so the Reds parted ways with five different coaches: uh, Alan Zinter, Delano De Shields, Christian Perez, Lee Tunnel, and Rolando Velez. And obviously. Uh, you hear Nick Ross say they felt like we're there were the right changes for new voices in different places, and we've struggled in certain areas this year. We still need to make improvements. Might be an understatement there, Nick. Um, and we thought that this was the right choices to make. So I know a lot of people were like, "Wait a minute!" So Delano De Shields gets let go, but the third base coach still has his job. And I kind of laughed at that. I'm not gonna lie. I don't ever want anyone to lose their job, but um, yeah, I thought that was kind of. You know, it's like Jamie told us last week. You lose 100 games, you got to wear it at some point. And so this is kind of the start of kind of trying to dig out of that hole. You know, we're pretty open that we don't necessarily feel they'll be super competitive next year. Uh, but maybe this is the start to kind of right the ship. I don't know. I know everyone's like looking at me saying right the ship and they're totally disagreeing with me, but I'm trying here, guys. Yeah, in, in J.R. House's defense, uh, I don't think he's a very good third base coach, uh, but he does do a lot of work with the catchers, uh, and I've heard a lot of, of praise on, on his work with the catchers, and uh, so I, I, he does more than just coach third base. So, um, I mean, look, none of these, none of these guys is, is any way, shape, or form their fault. The fate of the Red season, like trying to pin it on them is would, would be ridiculous. I don't think the Reds made these moves to make the fans feel better because I don't think the Reds are that dumb thinking that, that right. firing these guys is going to fire up the fan base because that's not 
you still have to evaluate uh, each and every one of these these guys and if they're the right fit going forward. Uh, from the outside, it's really impossible to know how good these guys are at their job. We have no idea how good they are. And even speculating is kind of silly. The only one maybe would be like a, a guy like uh, Alan Zenter. Uh, I, I wonder if uh, the lack of progress we've seen from guys like Nixon Zell and Jose Barrero you know, has something to do with it. And like, the, like Nick crawl saying the new voice, maybe it's like, Hey, we need someone to try to fix these guys. If there is any fixing to those guys. Uh, and, and it may not be Alan's interest fault. Maybe those guys don't, don't, uh, uh, don't have what it takes to be a legit major league hitter, but Hey, it's a lot easier to change, uh, hitting coaches than replace Nixon Zell and Jose Barrera with, with a similar, you know, talent. So, uh, Again, it, it is what it is. Uh, you have to hope that their evaluation of each of these guys is 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 uh, is is correct. And uh, again, I have no really idea if it is or isn't. Yeah, who knows, right? Uh, but if this is what they feel these new voices are going to help, uh, I'm I'm all for whatever's going to help this team win. So if that's what's going to be, then awesome. Um, I know that you know Bobby and Charlie got a couple quotes. Uh, in this conversation as well. So I thought they were kind of interesting. I know a lot of people were very, very upset. Like anytime Nick, Nick crawl, I don't know who's less popular right now, Nick crawl or Zach Taylor in the city. If you had to take a guess, I would say, I would say Taylor. Uh, yeah. I would say Taylor is definitely uh, more popular than a, um, other people associated with the Reds that that I'm not going to bring up, uh, but mm-hmm. I think most people, even the rational ones, even the ones who don't really like Nick Crawl, think he's kind of got his hands tied to an extent. Whereas I don't really follow the Bengals that close, but Zach Taylor kind of has like his say, right? Like it's kind of his thing, yeah, right. So he has a little right. bit That's more true. more uh, ability to control his environment than than even you know the general manager of the Reds, but. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, it's just really, you know, so since we're going into 2023 in a similar place than we are right now, uh, but also says it's unacceptable to lose 100 games, which I know everyone's going to twist and turn. And um, he says everyone's going to have to win a spot, which I like, you know, make some competition. Um, you know, I'm kind of not to reiterate what we talked about last week with Jamie, but he made the point like a lot of these guys who played this year for this team were kind of fill-ins and, it very well could be the same situation next year. I know you and I have had talks off the air where it's like, you know, maybe they're a little better than we think they are. I don't, but it's so hard to say at this point, especially with the offseason ahead and all the decisions they got to make. But um, I know this is something where a lot of people were had a lot of opinions on these con- this conversation Nick Carl had with the media. Again, man, don't listen to anything. Any GM says not just Nick Carl, bam, it's right. Like- for two years uh yeah just like brian cashman year. has the highest payroll in baseball just like maybe second now and he's they're still like don't listen to anything he has to say yeah i mean th- th- they have stakeholders that they have to say certain things for so when he says like when he says that you know our goal is to make the playoffs in the world series i i, I get so i don't i don't want to say annoyed i don't maybe that's not the right word but i, I just people like freak out about that and, and and say that, um, 
you know, well, just be honest with us. You, you can't. In, in that job, you can't. You can't be honest. Like, if he says, yeah, we're, we're probably not making the playoffs next year. Oh, you quit? You quit that, already? That quote's going to be on billboards all over the city. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, so again, just throw, throw any of those we're trying to win, we're not trying to win, any of that stuff out the window because it's all just PR. Um, as far as the actual substance of it, which is it doesn't sound like the Reds are going to be very aggressive this offseason. It doesn't sound like the Reds are going to be taking on any big long-term contracts this offseason. That should not come as a surprise to anyone out there. Right. Um, and look, the biggest criticism, and I think the most the, the, the fairest criticism of the Reds' ownership group over the last couple decades is that they haven't stuck to a plan. And by yeah, going right. out... And signing a whole bunch of free agents to long-term contracts when the core of your team is not ready next year, that would not be sticking to the plan. So, I look they, they, whether we like you like this route or not, they they've put their 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 feet in the sand here, and they have to stick to it. Uh, so, I, I don't think there would be any reason to go out and 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 sign a whole bunch of of contracts that have the risk of becoming a might. You can't have a Mike Moustakas contract when Ellie De La Cruz and Noel V. Marte and Hunter Green and Nicola Dolo are all at their prime. Like you can't right. have a bad contract. And so, so that that's kind of what the Reds are, are at right now. I hope they're aggressive signing one year deals that makes this team more competitive. Uh, that makes this team more interesting. Um, Trent Grisham. I, let's do it. I, ho- I hope, that, I hope that they max out their budget. Um, of one year guys, but this whole, you know, going out and, and signing, uh, you know, three, four five year guys. I just don't think it's the time for them. You can hate me for it. I just, I, I don't think it is. And I'm, I'm right with Carrick. Every decision needs to be made looking towards not 2014, <laughs> 2024. That was a problem is they look too much into 2014 <laughs> and that's like that's the whole thing. So Carrick's probably thinking about that, but yeah, next season should be about evaluating players in the system. And we don't know where the Reds' holes are going to be. The Reds have a lot of really nice pieces. We don't know exactly which ones are going to hit and which ones aren't. So really, you don't know where you need to spend your excess right. dollars and your free agency until you get a little bit more of an idea about how the, the roster is going to pan out. I get the frustration on that. Um, look, I've been watching this team. I've been a fan of this team as long as everyone else. Uh, but the last thing you want to do is uh, make stupid decisions uh, that make this last a whole lot longer than it needs to be. And, and that's how that's how you continue to rebuild and rebuild and rebuild and rebuild is by making stupid decisions. So you got to be careful of that. Yeah, I really like what Bryce is saying here. So more shots to the big leagues, the better. And this is Spencer Steer, Jose Barrero, Ellie De La Cruz, Matt McClain. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for that, that being like the guys that play every day. With especially with the DH, you can move guys around. You can give Joey a day out of the, out of the bench. I mean, uh, out of the out of the field to play DH at times, like yeah, give me that. Give me something where it's gonna be fun to watch next year as we watch guys grow. Uh, because I feel like in the last, you know, since the thirteen team, there's just been a lot of like placeholders and a lot of like this guy and that guy and this guy's going up and this guy's going down. And we haven't had a situation where we have now, where we are reading Baseball America, we are reading Pipeline, we're reading just baseball, we're seeing everything everyone's saying about these prospects and of course it's like oh this is really cool so like that's gonna like be fun 
you know, if we go there next year, yeah, they're not going to win a lot of games probably. But if it's like, by the way, September call-ups, Ellie De La Cruz is getting a spot. I'm going to be there, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I think the betting mods say this is likely September of 2023 will be Joey Votto's last month as a red. I'm going to be there to see him go out. I hope it's with a bang because it's my favorite Reds player of my lifetime. Um, so yeah, you know, I like it. I would just do it next year, figure it out. Green Lodolo seems like you have something really promising there. If you can keep that trajectory going, let's do it. Yeah. Hopefully they stagger. I think I said this last week, hopefully they stagger their debuts, like have one come up in April, one in May and just keeping a train of excitement every, every couple of weeks. So if it does go South and I don't think, I don't think it's a sure thing. The Reds are just going to be, um, a team that's going to lose 90 games again next year. Yeah. They they could. They could if things don't go don't go well. They have some injuries. They're probably not going to have a a lot of depth, but they're also going to have a lot. They're also going to have Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo and Graham Ashcraft anchoring the rotation from opening day, uh hopefully starting 2023 um at a better spot than they started last last year, this last year because they already have that experience. So they should Hopefully they should be able to hit the ground running and, you know, hopefully the second half of the season is what we see more of all of the, the season next year, uh, because they've kind of already got that, uh, that, that, that first, uh, uh, rookie taste out of the way. And they're hopefully ready to, you know, be, uh, more consistent and they'll continue to get there as they, uh, continue to make more starts. I, yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, I'm going to still have fun. You know, I'm not gonna be able to get there much next year, as we know from all the conversations we've had. So, when I am there, I'm gonna have a great time. Yeah. Uh, so, real quick, you know, we've kind of discussed that throughout the offseason. We're gonna update everyone on what's going on uh, with the Reds players in the fall league and where else they're playing. So, give us a little bit of updates what you uh, we've gotten from these two guys so far in this time. Yeah. Hopefully, we can get some more televised games. That would be. Uh, incredible. Hopefully, as uh, the playoffs wind down, we'll get to see a little bit more of these guys. But uh, Reese Hines has been the the big story so far. Um, set a home run, uh, four twenty one on base percentage so far uh, in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, really continuing on his strong uh, finish uh, in the minor leagues. As we talked to um, um, Tom Nichols um, uh, about that how 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 strong he finished the year. So uh, Reese Hines was was a Big time top prospect kind of fell down after his injury, but is starting to maybe uh, make some noise and uh, maybe resigns is starting to get close. But he ended the year in Chattanooga last year, uh, so resigns might not be as far away from the big leagues as we we maybe thought a couple months ago. So hopefully, he continue to finish strong. Matt McLean uh, kind of <laughs> showing the same signs in Chattanooga, low batting average, but uh, getting on base a ton, walking six times and. Uh, these are some better pitchers that he's facing in the Arizona Fall League than he's facing in Double A. These are some of the 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 higher uh, uh, prospects, some of the 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 guys that teams are wanting to get a look at. So him drawing six walks that that kind of shows me something. Uh, be nice to see him continue to to finish uh, uh, the Fall League well. And uh, uh, he's he's a guy that uh, I don't think it's completely. I think it's unlikely, but I don't think it's completely out of the equation that. He's on the opening day roster next year or not not far behind it. Maybe a Graham Ashcraft type situation where he's uh, maybe gets sent down to start the year, but he's called up pretty quick. Uh, Noelvi Marte uh, struggled so far, but that does have a home run. Uh, you know, hopefully he can continue um, still a little bit farther away than those other two guys. 
Um, um, but uh, man, he's got all the talent in the world. Every home run you see is uh, uh, a sight to behold. And then a uh, really interesting uh, prospect. Hope I say his name wrong. I watched a video to make sure I got it. Um, Sam, uh, man, I, I'm, uh, I'm going to butcher it. I'm going to butcher it now. Sam Ben Scooter. I think it's Scooter. Ben Scooter. Uh, I would not have thought that. Yeah, that's why I, I try to listen. Uh, it's been really impressive. This is a guy who was a unranked Reds prospect. I uh, already bugged Clay about him. I said, hey, we got to find out more information about this guy. Uh, un- unranked prospect. He was a undrafted uh, signing uh, in 2021. Uh, he's had some really, really good numbers. And uh, uh, the Reds like him. He pitched in Michigan State. So uh, he actually finished the year in Chattanooga for the Reds. So. Maybe this is a guy that's kind of uh, gonna gonna creep in and and maybe be one of those maybe maybe the next kind of like Graham Ashcraft kind of sneaking up out of nowhere. I uh, don't want to put too much pressure on him, but uh, but yeah. And then uh, Christian Roa, uh, the uh, the 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 not so bright spot of the Arizona Fall League, uh, gave up six runs in one inning. Uh, he does pitch again tomorrow though, so hopefully he can have a uh, uh, a good start tomorrow and. Uh, uh, get back on track in the fall league. Uh, he was the red second round pick last year uh, in 2020. Um, has had a, a up and down uh, minor league season, but yeah, that's your Arizona fall league update for this Monday, October 10th. Yeah. Uh, Bryce has a comment in the chat talking about, I guess uh, Ben Scooter has a 19.9 swinging strike percentage. Yeah. He's uh, got pretty, nasty. pretty impressive. Yeah, I think I saw he he can touch the upper nineties uh, with his fastball. Um, yeah, like Bryce saying, he's he's older. I mean, he he pitched all the way through college. So, um, but but hey, with his age, uh, I would think the Reds are gonna be more aggressive with him. You know, you're kind of like, well, what do you have to lose? You know, it's it, he's he's not a high prospect, so he's a guy. Hey, you know, maybe you're a little more aggressive with. So, uh, if he keeps able to pitch well, I wouldn't be shocked if he he flies through the system. So, yeah. I hope so. Um, let's look at it real quick. So Trade Rumors did a little arbitration prediction. Uh, this is just projections. Let's go ahead and get that out of the way, just like we talked about last year. Uh, this is not set in stone. Um, but kind of looking at some of the numbers, you have an idea of what could potential look like. Buck Farmer at 1.4. Luis Sessa at 2.6 million, I should say. Kyle Farmer at 5.9 million. Still a bargain, if you ask me. Uh, Jeff Hoffman at 1.2, Lucas Sims at 1.3, Nick Senzel at 2.2, Derek Law at 900,000, Aramis Garcia at 800,000, Justin Dunn at 1.1, Aristides Aquino at 1.6, and TJ Anton at 800,000. Um, all right. So what this will be something we'll go through a little bit more in depth with each guy, so I don't want to spend too much time. I'll just kind of give you my quick thoughts through this. Uh Really excited to find out that Buck Farmer is not a free agent. Uh, apparently, he just missed out on enough service time, so the Reds on back. I think they absolutely have to pick up that one point four million. He was a I did too a, incredible reliever f- since he came back up, uh, uh, like in July. I, I'm so excited. Uh, please pick him up. Please have him come back. I think Sess is a no brainer with his ability to start and and kind of be that 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 middle guy. That is a lot of money for Kyle Farmer, $5.9 million. That's why I was so shocked that he wasn't traded at the trade deadline. Uh, the fact that he wasn't traded at the trade deadline makes me think the Reds are picking up that option. Now, maybe they still, maybe the Reds try to trade him, uh, but just the fact they didn't trade him, I have a hard time believing why they wouldn't pick him up. Uh, Jeff Pop in 1.2, I think they'd probably pick it up. It depends really maybe how 
um, how long term, uh, how much of a long term effect his injury towards the end of the year would be, and how much you know how how much they feel like that could be an issue next year. Uh, Lucas Sims, no brainer, pick him up with his talent. Um, Nixon Zell, two point two million. Two point two million. Huh. He start. He started getting expensive. I'm gonna skip through. I'm gonna jump to Aquino because Aquino at one point six. I mean that that sounds like there's no way you can do that. Um, but Aquino outplayed Sinzel. Like at some point you got you got throw that out there. So I mean I don't know Sinzel and Aquino. I I don't know. I I, I just I don't. I don't really. Think I waved my white flag on Nick Senzel. I've officially relinquished the president of the fan club. I mean, I waved my white flag on Aquino too. I mean, just in the fact that um, I think it's hard to to to, to keep him at one point six. But again, if there was a side to keep him, I, I'm not going to have a problem with that. I still think he's a, a a good lottery ticket. So and still has a lot of talent. But sorry, let's let's run through the rest of these. Derek Law. I don't see how you pick him up. I know he pitched pretty well at the end of the year, but. That's you know he's above league minimum. I, I think you can replace him with league minimum. Ninety percent of Reds fans quit watching games, but probably didn't know he was pitching on the team. Yeah, they have no idea who he was. He actually did pitch pretty well, but yeah, yeah he did. Uh, Ramos Garcia, I, I I have no idea. It depends on if they think he's that's basically league minimum. Is yeah. he going to be on the roster or not? I think he probably. I think some of these guys like Law and Garcia, they may want to try to keep and, and but they. There's also the 40 man roster crunch that they're going to have at some point, which which we have on like the next slide here in a second. So there's going to be um, an issue of of just getting some guys off the roster to 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 get, uh, for your 40 man. So I think some of these guys might be guys they'll try to keep, but they're not going to offer arbitration to because they need their spots on the 40 man. I think Garcia and Law probably kind of fit in that. Maybe even Aquino uh, in that as well. Uh, Justin Dunn, I mean, I think, yeah, he's a no-brainer at 1.1, you know, just because yeah. you know, he was part of that trade. I think you need to see more out of him. And then TJ Anton is obviously a no-brainer as well. Yeah. I think Any differences? Know. No, I agree with them all. Um, I think, you know, Anton obviously was so good before his injury. So him and Sessa, however they recover, could really make quite the difference on the bullpen, especially the back end after, you know, what we just witnessed this year. So. Uh, yeah, I feel like everything you have is accurate. Um, I was going to say, just as a joke, but end of arbitration guys do often get traded the week after Reds Fest. So if you look at like all the guys that were traded in the Matt Latos trade, that was the week after Reds Fest. And if you look at uh, Drew Stubbs was traded for Shinsu True the day after Reds Fest. So keep an eye out who you see there this year, guys, because that might be the last you see of them. Well, uh, Reds Fest is actually uh, the day of the deadline, uh, so the Friday is. So oh, you, you, you're you probably right. would see it right before, um, as we have the off-season calendar up here, kind of giving you an idea. Um, yeah, so I would think you'll probably see some of that 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 action before that, but it might be yeah, there could be some like last minute right up up, up to it. Yeah, I could see Nixon Zell getting traded. I could see Kyle Farmer getting traded. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, honestly, just about anyone on this list I could see getting traded. I mean, I could see Buck Farmer getting traded. <laughs> I mean, you know, if someone wants and wants to give something up substantial. Um, but yeah, one other quick point. Yeah, I mean, the Reds could really easily, if they're blessed with some good health, remake and have a pretty darn good bullpen. Yeah, if yeah. If, if things pan out, I mean, with... With, with Diaz, Antone, 
Sims, Buck Farmer, Luis Sessa. I mean, and the Reds have some 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 talented Aroldis players. Chapman's going to be cheap next year. <laughs> I, th- I think Aroldis Chapman's done. I, I I think he's thrown his last pitch. I think um, you're right. Um, but yeah, this, I, I got a question for you, Tim. Okay, this might be weird. Oh boy. If the Reds non-tendered Sinzel, would that be like a a positive sign for the Reds that like they're caring or whatever? Not not take Sinzel out of it because that would obviously suck for him. But would Reds fans be happy about that? I think so. I think Reds fans have just like given up on him, and it sucks. Like uh, Carrick mentioned, you know, he has three years of control left, so anything can happen in those three years. There are some guys who are just late bloomers in sports. Uh, it happens all the time. Uh, so who knows, you know, um, but I think we are kind of at the point where you are, you know, he is who he is. And um, I, oh yeah, Billy Hamilton, non-tender the Friday of. That's right. Thank you, Alex. Um, but I think that kind of maybe says like, look, we got it wrong. And that makes it really a really interesting dynamic. But also, I do agree with what Carrick's saying. Like, who's he blocking from being on the major league roster? He also still has options. He can be sent to AAA. So even oh, yeah, if he, you're right. Even if he is blocking someone, he can be sent down to AAA. So he's just basically costing and holding up a 40-man roster spot. Um, he's not blocking anyone because, again, he could go down to AAA. So... Um, that's a whole nother dynamic. A lot of a lot of factors with Sinzel out there. Uh, and that's yeah. an advantage, I guess, for him being kept. I would almost think, and I don't know, it, it, you would think he would want out, right? Like, you would think he'd be like, this dude needs a fresh start. But every interview I've heard, like the podcast he was on with Jim Day, with, with India, sounds like he really wants to be here. Uh, unless he's just, you know, faking it on that. So you would, but you would think, like, convention was him. Hey, give me a fresh start somewhere, right? I would think so, especially the fact that Scott Boris is still his representative. Yeah. So that always plays a part in it, especially with him. And maybe he thinks like being the center fielder of the Giants is better for him for his future. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It would be kind of fun to watch in San Francisco, actually, come to think of it. Yeah. He is still really athletic. Yeah. What a disappointing season. <laughs> Such a heartbreak, man. Especially like he had that game where he like had six he got on base six times and it was like finally. And he had that stretch where it was like, oh wow, he's like hitting the ball and he's getting on base. And I'm like, it's here. This is what I've been saying all along, guys. This is great. And he and he finally stayed healthy for him most of the year. I mean right. just yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um so if you're tuning along and if you are, thanks for watching. Um, we're kind of going, Nick's kind of showing right here. This is the off season calendar. So you have an idea of uh, start of November uh, is the deadline to move players from the 60 day back to the active roster. And then uh decision on later on then the 6th of November decisions for club player options and qualifying offers. The Reds have zero players with contract options. So that's a good spot for right now. And then November 20th, uh, 40 man rosters have to be finalized in advance of the rule five draft and guys will not be protected if they are not selected. And then December 2nd, as Nick mentioned earlier, non 
tender deadline and winter meetings will be uh, the 4th or the 11th with the draft lottery on the 6th and the roll five draft on the 11th. And I think we are planning go a little behind the curtain here. We are planning on doing a little draft lottery reaction show. So uh, that day. So keep an eye out for that. Live live stream. Yeah. Yeah. Assuming they televise. Yeah. We definitely got to have live reaction to that as it's happening. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, I'm excited for it. I know obviously well, they, what was it last week? You said they have the fourth best odds at the moment. Yeah. Fourth best odds, 13 and a half percent chance of, of getting the number one pick, but no one has a better chance of 16. So they're really, I mean, they're still pretty close. So yeah. Fingers crossed. I'm interested Fingers this crossed. off interested this offseason is going to be different for a lot of ways. First off, it's going to be the first real offseason since 2019-2020. So yeah. that's that's cool. Um the Reds is going to be much different than last because last year obviously the lockout and then on top of that the Reds had a bunch of players they wanted to trade. Reds don't really have any players of significant value that they want to trade. They're all gone at this point. So it's really going to be just the Reds trying to find the, the the bargain diving the bargain players and uh uh with a full off season to do it interested to see maybe the reds can come up with some more you know uh the reds last year had to wait uh to to make the move for mike minor which didn't turn out well uh because they had to with dick crawl with the budget he was given uh, had to trade those guys before he could go pick up another pitcher. And I know at the beginning of, of last offseason, we talked the Reds were uh, in talks for Andrew Heaney, who had a really, really good year for the Dodgers. This year, without having, you know, kind of those stipulations, do the Reds maybe find some more? The Reds maybe find the next, like, Andrew Heaney's success story. Um, you know, they were able to hit with guys like uh, Brandon Jury and, and Tommy Pham and Donovan Solano all played pretty well, so a little bit more time or they may be able to to find a little bit more uh, of those type of players and, and maybe even some pitching. Uh, that'll be kind of a fascinating to watch. But yeah, it's going to be interesting offseason, whether you love it or hate it. It's going to be there's going to be some action, especially when we get into uh, uh, the beginning of December. So stay tuned. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, you know, I know normally we go much longer than this, but just kind of give a heads up. We're going to do a little bit shorter offseason season episodes and uh kind of moving around the baseball playoffs right now so it's a little funky uh but this is the schedule for coming up for the offseason so the 18th will be on tuesday uh that at nine o'clock uh the 27th of october will be at nine uh be that night so that's on thursday of that week and then the week after that also on thursday november 3rd and then uh the week after that wednesday november 9th and all at 9 p.m eastern like always so uh, if you want to keep up with us and keep up with everything, just go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel, like we said, and you'll continue to get updates from us through our socials, uh, letting you know where we will be uh, and when we'll be on. So um, promise after the offseason, after the playoffs, we go back to our normal schedule as far as normal can be uh, with everything we have going on. But uh, please, as always, thank you guys for tuning in. We're definitely appreciate the chat always being live and action and a lot of fun. You guys bring a great conversation. Uh, it means a ton to us uh, with all the work we put in, especially the work Nick puts in. It means a ton. Um, please take a moment, like we said, go to check out our good friends. We're the previous sh- show, Bet Online. Use that promo code Believe. Uh, get that a hundred percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Pretty solid. And then uh, five star review at the podcast subscriber of your choice. And of course, late night reds. Merchmake. Go get yourself some late night reds merchandise, like Jamie showed off on the show last week. 
It's really cool. It's high quality. You'll love wearing it at the gym or something. I don't know, where you, wherever you want to wear it. But uh, on behalf of Nick and I, Carlos should be back with us next week, depending on how far the Padres get. Uh, take it easy, and we'll see you soon. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.